In reading Psalm 3 this week, I read it with a little bit of a different light, the first two verses especially. I want to start by giving you those two verses as I present to you those that have gone before us. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. David knew what those words meant. David knew them very well as he had been chased to and fro by many enemies, especially Saul, and found himself in the woods alone. This will come back to mind, I hope, over the next couple of minutes as I read to you about some martyrs that have gone before us. I present to you the people of Calabria. The people of Calabria during the 14th century are those that had been running from the Roman Catholic Church in northern Italy and fled to the valleys of the Piedmont of Italy as well as to the southwest to a place called Calabria. These people were known by many names, sometimes the Waldensians, but those that were fleeing were given many heretical names. And so these heretics of the Roman Church, as they were known, found refuge in this new place further enough away from Rome that they thought they might have a sense of peace. And for a time they did. They lived in this new place with a sense of refuge as citizens that were known by the lords of the land to be honest, quiet, and quite industrious. They formed into two towns over time, St. Zist and Lagarde. Whether you need to think about Malden and Simpsonville, or Greenville and Howell, You need to look about you and realize these were families, these were churches, these were gatherings of people that knew one another quite well and thought about each other often. We need to put ourselves in their shoes to what extent we can to understand what they went through next. After some time, they requested to have preachers sent to their towns so that they could make a public profession of their faith. When word of this got to Pope Pius IV, he was enraged that they would ask for anyone but a bishop of Rome to come speak to them. (coughs) He sent Cardinal Alexandrino, a man of unusually violent temper, and several monks, and this is according to Fox's Book of Martyrs, of a perverse nature, to exterminate any that did not bow to Rome. When they arrived first at St. Zist, he could find that they were doing nothing wrong, and that according to the lords of the land who were not running from Rome. So in not being able to find anything they did wrong, he had to find out what they were not doing. And so here's the list of what they were accused. They were not being Roman Catholic. They were not making any of their boys priests. They were not making any of their girls nuns. They were not going to mass. They were not going on pilgrimages, and they were not bowing to Rome's images. A pretty good list of things they were not doing, and so this was to be used against them. Once the cardinal had arrived and he brought the whole town together and told them that if they would accept the preachers that he had brought from Rome, then they would not be harmed. If they did not accept, then they would have their lands and then their lives taken from them. To make certain of their agreement, he held mass that very day and expected everyone to attend. They refused. And they took their families, and they fled to the woods in the surrounding area. This incensed the cardinal, as you can imagine. And so he moved on to Lagarde, 
in order to keep this second group from doing what the first had been able to do. And so he went to the second town, Lagarda, and shut the gates and locked them in and put an armed guard about it, a little bit smarter on his part to accomplish his goals. He proceeded to lie to the town, telling them that St. Zist had fully accepted the preachers from Rome and was sending word to Lagarde that they should do likewise. Having thought that he had this second town under his spell, he sent his army back to hunt down every inhabitant of St. Zist. His order was to exterminate all of them, sparing neither for age nor sex. When the people of St. Zist proved a formidable foe, by having hidden out in the woods further enough away that the army could not keep with them, the army retreated back to the cardinal, who sent for additional troops to the viceroy. Having learned what had happened, this viceroy made a proclamation that every outlaw, deserter, and such like would have all crimes forgiven if they were to help kill every believer in this reformed religion. This brought upon them a slaughter of the worst kind. And this is the description. Families were hanged from the trees, individuals burned alive, young men shot, women made to be sport with the most unruliest of men. Some made it to the caves where they were never allowed to leave and thus died from starvation. No sooner had this taken place than the cardinal, and now the viceroy who had shown up, went after Lagarde. With news now coming to the people of what had happened, the town was told that if they would embrace the Roman Catholic Church and her doctrines, or they would suffer more than those at St. Zist. Notwithstanding, they unanimously refused to renounce their religion Amen. or embrace the errors of popery. Amen. This exasperated the cardinal and the viceroy, and immediately 20 townspeople were put to the rack. They were put to the rack with such force that it caused them to expire in mere minutes. Not usually the case on the rack. It's to, it's to keep them alive for a period of time. But the veracity was so great that in one particular instance, a gentleman was torn apart at the midsection and his bowels burst forth. These bar bar barbarities did not serve their purpose for fear. Instead, those that survived the rack and those that were yet to feel it were so steadfast and constant in their faith, faith and boldness to say that no pain of the body could cause them to embrace the idols of Rome. Amen. Yes. This, of course, caused the bloodthirsty nature of this cardinal, the words from the Fox's Book of Martyrs, and his monks to go even further in torturing these people. Some were hacked to death by swords. Some were thrown from the tower in the middle of town. Others were covered in pitch and burned alive. One of the monks that was of a savage disposition requested that he might shed some blood with his own hands. He cut the throats of over 80 men, women, and children, as if he was a butcher preparing meat from the field. Sixty women at one time were racked so hard the cords used sliced their skin to the bone. They were then thrown into dungeons to have these wounds petrify and to die in utter pain. The clergyman of the town was thrown from a roof to kill him, but having survived, although mangled, was given to a pack of hogs to finish the job. It was said that when the cardinal and the viceroy and the marquis that were principal in ordering this slaughter had finally left, there was not one single person of the reformed religion in all of Calabria. So I give you these two verses again. 
Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. We say these sometimes when someone looks at us funny when we pray. Or maybe in the workplace they find out that we don't celebrate Christmas and we feel like this is happening to us. We have no idea what these verses mean. We can't imagine the fear and pain and frustration and concern for family members and friends that would have gone on in the woods around these towns. However, we do have the ability this day to listen to the right worldview and apply it to our lives and in time find ourselves worthy of the Lord's mercy on us. In order for us to make a good transition from hearing what we just heard about the martyrs to considering the only right worldview, give me a couple of minutes by turning you to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. One of the ten axioms that we're going to cover today that will finish this study is we know the future. I'm not going to tell you what number it is so that you can't pen it in. We know the future. Our God, at every stage of the church, from the Garden of Eden forward, has told His children the future. So they could not be surprised by it, so they could be comforted in the face of adversity and persecution. And I want you to know that those who died that you heard about today in our Martyrs Memorial understood this, that they were fulfilling Bible prophecy, and that gives a whole other level of ability to take such atrocities against you and your family. Now let me show you about the Roman Catholic atrocities against the church given by Daniel in 500 B.C., a full 900 to 1,200 years before there was a Roman Catholic church. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 21. I beheld. Daniel 7, 21. I beheld. Daniel is watching this vision God has given him of a little horn different from all other horns coming out of the Roman beast. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. There's great comfort in that to have known that in advance. Revelation chapter 13. Revelation 13. The integrity and the intensity and passion that the martyrs had against Rome was because they knew they were fulfilling Scripture. Now remember, I have told you what the Lord has told me is the most important prophecy in the Bible for us. And it's very different from these. We don't face this. The war against us is different. It's a war of compromise. And it matches very well with our flesh. In Revelation chapter 13, we have same beast being described, the Roman beast, and we have verse 7. 
And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. Daniel and Revelation go together so perfectly like a hand in a glove. And it was given unto him, that is the little horn of Daniel 7, and here it's the beast, it's the Roman beast, first pagan, then papal, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. But it would not last but for 1260 years, and then it would come off, and the preaching of the word of God would consume that kingdom away until Jesus Christ comes the second time when he will cast that kingdom and its featured popes, cardinals, archbishops, bishops, and priests into the lake of fire. And so they had that comfort that they were in the scriptures and that God had given the little horn of Daniel 7 and the beast of Revelation 13 being the same worldly kingdom of pagan Rome and then the Catholic Church power over them. Since you're looking at 13.7, look back just eight verses to the last verse of chapter 12 and let us remember the blessing that we have in the only right worldview. The dragon was wroth with the woman. It is Satan behind pagan Rome and papal Rome. The dragon was wroth with the woman. That is one of our axioms. Satan hates God, truth, and us. Number nine and went to make war, there's that war again, with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, for the sake of this series, may be called the only right worldview. Just trying to connect these things together for you. We know the future. And we'll get to that, but it's not our first axiom to cover today. May the Lord bless the transition from what we just heard about those martyrs in Italy to uh, our study of the only right worldview.